Hello, this is the Newborn Nurse Podcast, and I'm your host, Rachel Ramsey, RNBSN. This podcast is for expectant and new mothers and families, and we are here to share with you a list of incredible newborn resources, services, professionals, and tips and tricks. We hope the info on this podcast informs you, helps you, and most of all, eases any anxieties, gives you confidence, and empowers you to be the best parent possible. Knowledge really is power, and we are here to inform and guide you through this season with your new baby. I am your host, Rachel Ramsey. I am a registered nurse and certified postpartum doula. I have 17 years of professional neonatal and maternal nursing experience and five years as the owner of The Newborn Nurse, a Nashville-based service that provides in-home care and newborn education to new families. I hope this podcast helps each of you in some big or small way. Biggest of congratulations and thanks for listening. You've got this, Mama, and we are here for you. As a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please see the full disclaimer on our website for more details. Website is listed in show notes. First, I want to thank you for having me on. I'm really excited that you've started this series. I know there's a lot of families out there with a lot of questions on various topics, so this is wonderful to bring to families. I am Kelly Thompson. I am the owner of Serenity Sleepers. I have been working with families for almost seven years now um, in helping them get better sleep, lay sleep foundations, understand sleep education. Um, but before I started this journey, I was actually a elementary teacher, and that's where my passion for learning and understanding more about sleep happened. I saw a lot of kids in my classroom that were very sleep deprived and had a lot of issues stemming from sleep problems. So I really started to dive into it and understand more about sleep. And then I also um, had my son Easton 10 years ago. So that was a big thing is I wanted to make sure that I set up um, good sleep foundations for him early on. And then I added two more children after him. So I have three children and really wanted to be sure that I, I helped them with their sleep journey. Um, so one of our favorite things to do in the Nashville area is we love to find all the local parks and hiking trails. Yes. Because if you don't know it, Nashville has some great trails and there's a lot of great parks around. So we love to just go find those. And especially on nice days, um, spring hopefully is going to be coming soon. Um, you can go find some of those trails. And those are some of our favorite things. to Yes. Do. And it's free. <laughs> and it's free. Yes. And your kids can play and run around. It's wonderful. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, the first thing I would like to ask you talk about, I feel like this is kind of the loaded question I get from a lot of parents, um, is kind of a sleep routine. So the family has a newborn and the baby isn't sleeping. Um, I'd love to touch on which you and I talk about this a lot is starting good sleep habits early, which is like day one home from the hospital. Um, a lot of parents don't know to start these habits early and then they've already gotten to kind of a, um, not bad routine, but um, not great routine with their newborn. And it's easier to fix things from the beginning versus waiting weeks and months down the road and then trying to fix an issue later. So if you want to touch on um, sleep hygiene, um, a sleep schedule, those kinds of things with a newborn. Yeah. So that's one thing that's misunderstood by a lot of families. They think at the newborn age, you're not able to start working on things that you can't start implementing it. And it actually does start from the very beginning, even day one. And it's just setting up those simple sleep foundations, talking about sleepy cues, kind of watching what cues your baby is getting, making sure that we're watching wake windows. So newborns are going to be awake a very short amount of time. 
So they literally might wake up, change a diaper, get their feed, and they're ready to go back down for a nap. Um, a lot of times we tend to keep newborns up much longer than they need to because a lot of families are like, but it's 45 minutes later, it's an hour later. Yeah, they're ready. You know, they are newborns and they're ready to go back to sleep. So um, also starting to give the sleep cues, um, which means like simple nap routines, just giving them those cues that sleep time is starting to arrive. You know, use your lighter voice, turn on the sound machine, make sure the room is darkened. All those things can start giving them cues, even from the very beginning. Kind of um, putting their way into a nap or bedtime. As yes, as yeah. they're getting into the nap or bedtime. And then it's just each day is going to lead into them learning those cues more and more. Um, and you really another thing is I just touched on is the wake windows, really watching those in the day, because as they continue to get older each week and each month that goes on, you know, those wake windows are going to grow a little bit more. And as they get a little bit older, you're going to move from where you've laid routines, giving those cues into where they can actually start developing more of like a schedule where you are um, seeing more. Um, what times they're going down for a nap or their sleepy cues. You've learned those really well. Um, and those things happen by you laying that foundation early. Um, and like you said, a lot of times families will come to me months down the road and they've already implemented so many habits um, that we've got to now correct. And it's never too late to do that ever. I work with children in elementary school. So don't think that it's ever too late. But if we start early, we lay that foundation early. And then over time, we're able to build on those foundations and have better, better sleep, longer stretches of sleep as a baby's ready. Yeah, I usually tell our parents um, in our newborn education classes that newborns sleep about 18 to 20 hours a day. So it's like you have a baby puppy. I don't know, you know, a lot of parents, a lot of families have their dogs from the time that they were puppies and they sleep all day. Well, essentially a newborn is just like that. They sleep a lot. So it's really feeding um, diaper changes and then kind of right back to sleep. Like you mentioned, there's not a lot of awake time when they're fresh newborns. Um, I would love to touch on the sleep cues. Can you list three to five that parents can kind of look for to know that it's time to go ahead and put their baby back to sleep? Yeah. So of course, some of the ones that we look for, you know, they're yawning. They're actually starting to stare off. They might be looking into a corner. Um, a lot of times the eyebrows or around the eyes start to get red. Um, sometimes they, of course, are starting to get a little fussy those are certain signs that we want to look for. Once we get to where they are very cranky, they're starting to cry, they're starting to arch their back, you know, we've really probably started to miss those sleep cues. So we want to notice the things before we get to that period. So when you start seeing some of those simple cues of them staring off or they're getting red around here or, you know, they're rubbing their ears or rubbing their eyes, that's when we're like, hey, I think it's time for us to prepare for that little mini nap routine just a few minutes of a routine before you're actually preparing to put them down for the nap is really good. Yeah, Cool. That's a great, some great points. Um, next thing down, um, we do a lot of night nursing care with our newborns and I would love to touch on self-soothing, which is you lay your baby down. It's not quite time for the next feeding, um, but the baby is kind of waking up and stirring well before time for a feeding. Um, do you have any advice or suggestions on letting baby self-soothe, kind of calming them until it is time for that next feeding um, at night? Yeah, so a lot of times at night, you know, a lot of things, especially in the newborn ages, you can be very hands-on. A lot of times they may just need you to rub their chest, pat them, hum to them kind of rub, rub to calm them down. Sometimes, a lot of times we automatically go to, oh, they've woken the night, I've got to feed them right away. 
And it may not be that. It may be that they are moving through sleep cycles. It might be they, they have a dirty diaper. It might be that they have trapped gas. You know, there can be other reasons and they just need you to help. Maybe they need to be burped, you know, and, and try to put them back down. Um, there's a lot of things that you just trying to kind of go to them and kind of rub them softly, let them hear your voice, can sometimes just soothe the baby to know that you're there and help them move into that next sleep cycle before maybe they're not quite ready for, you know, that um, next feed. And also a good thing is babies love to suck. It's natural for them to suck. So sometimes a baby might actually have a passy or if they've got their hands up to their mouth that they're, they just need something to kind of suck on to soothe them because that's how babies soothe as well. Yeah. Um, we usually tell parents if the baby is taking a pacifier well, um, that we give the baby the pacifier and lay it, like you mentioned, lay our hand on their belly and kind of soothe them that way versus picking the baby up because that kind of gets into a habit of once you pick the baby up, they're starting to learn. I cry, I get picked up. So trying to soothe them while the baby is laying down is a good option. And I always say if baby is crying really, really hard, they probably need a diaper change. They probably need to burp. So that's when you can go ahead and pick them up. So, but those are great uh, pointers. Thank you so much. Um, the next thing down is I see this a lot. Um, I'm a big um, proponent and big fan of sound machines. Um, some families use them. Some families don't. I personally love sound machines. I feel like every baby should have one. I think it really helps with um, good sleep hygiene and it helps them sleep longer stretches. So I would love your advice on sound machines, um, the importance of it in the correct settings on a sound machine. Yeah, so sound machines are a huge part of a good solid routine. And, uh, you know, I tell families, a lot of families are like, well, what if they get dependent on it? And, you know, the thing about it is nowadays, we have a lot of outside noises that interrupt sleep from technology to the neighbors who wake up super early to the dogs that bark all night. You know, there's a lot of outside noises and we need the things that we can control. We want to control. And we are able to control that with white noise, just that constant calming sound for a baby that um, is very, very helpful in getting them into a good sleep rhythm. The one thing you do want to make sure is some of the sound machines do go really high and you have to be careful how loud that noise is sure. because if you set it on the highest level, it could be like a, a baby that's at a rock concert, which would be too, very loud for the ears and can actually cause harm. So you want to make sure that it's on a minimal, um, kind of the minimal to medium settings, about as high as you need to go on the sound machine. We don't want it, you know, blaring for them, but we want them to, to hear that. And that is one of the big cues that babies get is once they hear that sound machine go on, like that's a part of like, oh, we're transitioning to where we've been in playtime or feeding time. And now we're transitioning into sleepy time. And it just gives a really good cue. And I am, I actually, a couple years ago for myself started using one. I was noticing that I wasn't sleeping as well and that my sleep was getting interrupted. And I was like, I'm going to start using a sound machine. And honestly, for me and my husband, it, in, it increased our sleep and we were sleeping so much better. But just we had that constant white noise on. So I think it's helpful um, even past the newborn baby age to start implementing it. I use one too. I can't sleep without it. Um, I know a lot yeah. of people are worried. They do say like, well, what if my baby becomes dependent upon it? Honestly, everyone I know uses one um, forever. So you can travel with them. You know, I roll mine. Yeah, that's case. Yeah. Or there are apps on your phone that you can take. That's so it really affordable. Yeah. So I feel like the, the going thing now is everyone uses them. Um, and then it's all about if you can control it, like what you can control in your environment, then let's do it. 
You know, if we can darken the room, if we can have sound, if all those things are going to make for a better environment and we can control it easily, then why not? Exactly. And I know a lot of the sound machines have different settings. Like one has birds, which I never understood the birds, (laughs) birds, ocean, rain, um, music. And the one that you would probably agree, the white noise, I feel, is the very best setting to use if you're working with, with sleep in a newborn. Yeah, I always tell families to make sure you just pick that static white noise. They actually have different types of white noise. They have brown noise, white noise, purple noise. So, and you can actually listen to them and see the different tones and pitches. Um, On my phone, I have an app. So like when I travel and say I forgot mine or I didn't bring an extra one, on my phone, I have an app and brown noise is actually my favorite type of of white noise, something about the pitch. So there's actually different types of brown noise and white noise and purple noises and all the all the white noises that you want to find. That's super cool. Another thing about sound machines, which I tell all of our families, um, like you mentioned, when a baby hears the sound machine, their little brain should tell them time to sleep. Um, so what I do, even if it's 1 a.m. and mom's breastfeeding or feeding the baby, I tell them to go ahead and turn the sound machine off during the feeding. So it's only on during sleep. So that baby is learning that, you know, the sound machine means sleep. And I'm pretty business-like about that. And I think it really helps them sleep well. So It does. And, and that's why I tell families to do what I call a dramatic wake up when it's time to wake up from the morning or wake up from a nap, you know, turn off the sound machine, turn on a hall light, open the blinds a little bit. So they're, they can start seeing the difference between sleepy time and sleepy cues and wake up cues and, and nap time or sleep time is over. It really does help. Bodies. That's a great idea. I usually go in if I'm taking care of a baby and I turn the sound machine off first before I even touch the baby. Um, and then I wake the baby, do the diaper and all that. So that way, again, they're learning the difference. But that's great to turn on a light. I've never really thought of that. That's a great point. Yeah. Hey everyone, this is Rachel from The Newborn Nurse. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you are learning some valuable and helpful information on this podcast. If you would like to learn even more, we have something new and exciting to tell you about. We have created our Newborn Care 101 online video course for first-time expectant parents or parents who want a refresher course in newborns. This course is taught by me, a neonatal newborn nurse and expert of 18 years and founder of The Newborn Nurse. It's so super important to make sure you are gathering your newborn information from a trusted and experienced source as you prepare for your baby. This course is a series of educational videos where you will learn everything you need to know about newborn care all in one spot without having to search and scroll all over the internet. You can take this course in the comfort of your own home and nursery with your own baby equipment and at your own pace. You can also rewatch the videos as many times as you would like with unlimited access to these videos for an entire year. Many of the families who have already taken this course have reached out to tell me how helpful it is to go back and be able to review these videos once their baby has arrived. In this course, you will learn swaddling, diapering, bathing, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, burping, cord care, how to use your breast pump and car seat, how to prevent mastitis, calm a fussy baby, and much, much more. You also get free printables, including a checklist of what to pack in your hospital bag, a must-haves product list for your baby registry, and the best part, you get free access to our Facebook online community group where you can meet other new moms and also have access to me, Rachel, for any newborn questions you have along your journey. The families who have taken this course already have raved about it and have felt it has been super helpful and allowed them to feel prepared, organized, ready, and knowledgeable about their newborn. 
For our podcast listeners, you can receive 10% off this course with coupon code, all caps, podcast, at the checkout. The link to purchase this course is in the show notes below. Thank you for being here and best wishes to you and your family. I hope you feel loved, supported, and empowered as a new parent. Thanks so much and have a great day. Next thing, another loaded question I get all the time. Um, there are a thousand bassinets out there to purchase. There are regular bassinets. Then there are different brands that move, several different ones that move, sway, kind of soothe the baby. They both have pros and cons. Um, would you touch on what you have seen is the best for good sleep hygiene with newborns? Yeah, so there are a lot of options now on the market. And, you know, the biggest thing is we want to try just the simple bassinets um, that don't have all the sounds and bells and whistles are usually the best ones because as baby gets older, if you have had like a motion on all the time or they're used to the singing of the birds and the swaying of it constantly, their bodies are going to get into a habit of needing that to help them sleep. Um, so families that that use that, it's normal in the very newborn days where babies do like to have some motion, you know, and move to sleep and those kind of things. But as baby gets older, you definitely want to start moving away from that and just have the, um, you know, plain bassinet that is not moving, that doesn't have all the sounds and, and noises and all the things happening because it just creates a better sleep environment for them. Because actually, as they get older, you know, they get the most restorative sleep when they're in a bassinet or crib that is just flat that it's not moving. That's how we get our best restorative sleep. Um, if we are actually rocking or moving, um, it creates um, disruptions in our sleep and can cause problems. So the less you can do, the better, um, especially as they continue to get older and grow out of that newborn stage and, you know, avoid setting up long-term habits. Okay. I never really thought about that, that um, the ones that do have the swaying motions can cause disruptions. I didn't even think about that. But that's a great point. Um, another thing that I have seen, a lot of our families here in Nashville, we've dealt with, you know, music artists or athletes or whatever, and a lot of them travel for a living. And mm -hmm. so some of those, um, one of the cons to some of those is you can't travel with them. They're huge. They're bulky. It's almost impossible right. to travel. So if your baby's used to that at home, it can be, it can be an issue if you are going somewhere and don't have it there with you. Yeah, it most definitely can make it a little tricky um, or you're going to have to buy one where you're somewhere else or, or things okay. like that. Um, and the thing about is newborns is to remember too is, um, you know, their naps are very different from older babies. So a lot of times for naps, you are using more motion or more rocking or helping in the brand new, you know, newborn stage that can be very normal. Um, but again, a lot of times we think that they need more than they need. So a lot of times if you're going to start something like you're feeling like, hey, they need a little bit of motion, you know, it's really good just to start on a very minimal, low level. And then once they're kind of winding down, you can you can actually turn it off. You know, a lot of times they have that motion that's on all the time, all night, and day, you know, and that's what they get used to. So starting minimal um, and working up from there is always a better option, too, if needed. Okie dokie. The next thing we will talk about um, is swaddling. Some parents, you know, love to swaddle and then some of her don't swaddle. Some of her swaddle arms out. Um, so any suggestions or advice that you have seen with swaddling as it relates to um, baby sleeping better? Yeah, so I am a huge advocate of swaddling um, from the newborn age from the very beginning. 
They have so many options now. Some babies do like the tighter swaddles. Um, some do like the swaddles where their hands are up or they're able to move them. So there's a lot of different options, but I say, you know, go ahead and pick one and be consistent with it and give your baby time to adjust to it. A lot of families will be like, I tried these three types within a three day span and they didn't like any, but really didn't give them any time or you to figure out what they might like or not like. So I really do feel that swaddling does help them get better stretches of sleep. It makes them feel more secure. They were used to being in the womb, you know, close and snugly and, and everything. And that's how they sleep well. Um, so you definitely want to want to implement a swaddle and it's finding the right one. That's a good fit for your baby. And then usually by, you know, that 12 week marker is where we're starting to really work away from that swaddle and move more into a sleep sack um, because we want them to make sure um, before they're rolling that they are out of that swaddle and moved on to the sleep sack. Yeah. When we teach swaddling, you know, we teach the families to swaddle with the baby's arms here. Some ask about swaddling arms down and I've seen that newborns hate that. It's a very unnatural mm-hmm. position. So swaddling like this. And then, like you mentioned, when they're starting to roll over around three to four months old, you don't want them to get caught in the swaddle with their arms like this. So that's when we start swaddling with their arms out, putting them in mm-hmm. a sleep bag, that kind of thing. So Yeah. And definitely go to the sleep sack. A lot of families ask that, should we just stop and do nothing? Like go to the sleep sack. That is one of their big cues for sleep time is getting that sleep sack. Even as they they're older, they'll go grab the sleep sack. They'll help put it on. It's just a cue, um, a really good cue. And it's a very, you know, safe way for them to have something that keeps them warmer and comforts them, you know, so definitely go to the sleep sack after the swaddle. Yes. And I've seen lots of families use sleep sacks until their kids are two, three years old. So it's, I usually tell families that this is part of your sleep routine for a couple of years, usually. Yes, most definitely. Okie dokie. Um, and then I'd like to chat about two more things. Number one is just the importance of sleep for new mom, new moms specifically, but new moms and dads, um, as it relates to postpartum mood disorders. I don't know about you, but um, I have seen that mothers who don't sleep well, whose babies are up all night, um, they tend to have higher anxiety or depression levels. Even if you don't have a newborn, if you don't sleep well, you're going to have issues with one or both of those. Um, So just talking about sleep and the importance of it as it relates to postpartum mood disorders, um, if you have any pointers on that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously when you have a newborn baby, you know, sleep. We're not going to be sleeping as well as we were, but the important part is, is taking care of yourself because if we don't take care of ourselves then it's hard to take care of everyone else that we need to. So really putting yourself at the top of the list and sleep has got to happen is very important. And that's where it comes in. Number one, you know, making sure we're laying the foundations early for baby. So baby's getting, you know, the best sleep it can. And as they grow, it, it gets even better. Um, but I always tell families never be too scared to ask for help. Um, The funny part is everybody wants to help you, Um, your neighbors, your friends, um, your your spouse, your in-laws. Everybody wants to help. But a lot of times we're scared to ask or think that we we can do it all. And that's the thing is, as as new moms, especially, we've got to ask for the help because people want to come in and help us. And it might just be, you know, those simple things of like, I just need to take a shower. I just need to take a nap. Could you come over and watch baby while I do that? Um, Those little things you will help you so much and make you feel like you are giving to yourself as well and getting the sleep that you need. And I always say, make sure that you put all those household, you know, chores and tasks to a side 
um, they can wait. You know, I know we don't want our dishes piling up and we don't want our laundry uh, piling up and all of those things, but they can wait. Um, Your sleep and eating is so important and making sure you're taking care of yourself because that's what, you know, a lot of moms will call me just in absolute tears because they're like, I've never been so exhausted and I can't even focus, focus. I can't function. And, you know, when I work with families, of course, we are focused on baby or child and getting sleep, but I'm also focused on mom and dad and family and, and seeing how the whole family can start getting better sleep for themselves. Sure. A couple of things on that. I usually tell, I was talking to a mom the other day, um, if you are having family come in during the day and help, um, rather than the, them just come over and hold the baby, I always tell them to make a list and either put it on the fridge or put it on the countertop with small things that you need help with, dishes laundry. So when someone comes over, they can do one little chore, take the trash out. And those things kind of add up and are helpful to get that done while the help is there. And then I um, talk about this a lot is planning for postpartum help, whatever that looks like. Um, A lot of moms plan the labor, like they do labor classes and they do all this labor, 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 and labor is what, 24 to 48 hours and it's over with. Postpartum is weeks and months of sleep deprivation and needing help and needing education. So looking into wherever you are in the world, Googling doulas, night nurses, uh, whoever and whomever and whatever person company can come help you, whether it's family. um, But, and also I've been doing this for five years. People are going to need more help than they think they will. We have so many families sign on, they get in and they're like, we're going to need you longer. And I'm like, we we have new families coming on, so it's hard to do extensions. So just knowing ahead of the game to plan like you would for your labor to plan for the after period because you will be sleepy um, and you might need some hands on help at home just so you can um, even just handing off the baby while you shower or nap is like so helpful. <laughs> so, yes. Um, and that's what I, I think back to my first child. My dad would come over the first month every day at lunch. And he would eat lunch and he would play with Easton or just hang out or he would even do some of my dishes and I would take a shower or I would go lay down. And like looking back, that is one thing that I remember to this day that just helped me greatly, Um, especially with your first one. Everything is very overwhelming. And I I just love that. help. So even those simple things that he didn't realize how big it was, but how much it really helped me um, during that period. Sweet dad. And also to touch on that a little bit, if you're a new mom, if you're a first time mom, the way you are feeling right now, whatever it is, is normal. If you feel like what in the world have we gotten ourselves into with this baby? We don't know what we're doing. Oh my God. Like fill in the blank. That's totally normal. A lot of people don't put all that on Instagram, you know, (laughs) but we do this every day for a living. And like we both have said, we've seen the tears, we've seen the frustration. Um, We get it that you you're figuring it all out and that's what we're here for. So um, one other quick thing to touch on um, is during the day we had a baby recently, he was sleeping great. We were doing all the sleep hygiene things. And then all the grandparents came in town and held him for like three or four solid days. And then he would not sleep on his own. So what I like to do, and you can chime in, is I do something called the 70%, 30% roll. So during the day, if your baby is asleep, you can hold that baby 30% of the time. Rock, hold, cuddle, baby wear, whatever you need to do. But 70% of the time during the day, if your baby's asleep, you want them in their crib or bassinet. So they are still knowing that they can sleep on their own without being held because 
holding babies for long periods can can cause a problem. And then they won't. Then they then three months later, they're calling us crying. <laughs> they can't sleep. So any any thoughts on that? Yeah. And actually, you know, a baby that is used to sleeping a certain way can become dependent on it by the fourth week of life. So I know it sounds like, oh my goodness. And and we want to love our baby and cuddle our baby and hold our baby and and love it up. But we've got to give them those periods of where you are practicing and having them laying on their own. Um, So they're able to, and just like I was talking about, um, you know, they need freedom too. They need that time of them laying down, being able to move, being able to sleep without always being held. So it's a great rule to have a percentage like that, um, because then it helps you and everybody else know that, hey, sometimes we've got to give them that space and let them lay down. Um, And I encourage families to also know that, you know, tell families to come over if you know it's going to be an awake period or a play period, like have them come over and work on the tummy time or have them come over and and play with them in the floor. Um, It's not always got to be always about the sleep. Uh, times that, that everybody's there, but, and, and you are not, I get this a lot of families are like, I feel like I'm being mean or, or hurting someone's feelings. If I ask them to put the baby down, you have to remember that it's okay for you to say, Hey, we are really trying to work on, he's been sleeping so well on his own. And we are trying to give him those periods still. And this is just a time that we want to see and have him nap in his crib for this one, but he'll be up in an hour and we would love for you to play with him again. So it's okay to use your voice too and know that, Hey, we're going to give that percentage and we're going to have where he's held some, but then he's also laying in the script. And that you are the parent, you're the mom, yes. you're the gatekeeper. It's your baby. You can tell everybody what to do when, cause you're, cause at night you're the one dealing with the. Right. And that's the thing the is I say, you know, if you want to call everybody at 2 AM every night. Yeah. They've held the baby all day. <laughs> yes. And like you said, there's a gentle way to say that, you know, but right. uh, it is nice to have your boundaries because then it affects everyone 24 seven. So cool. Well, that's pretty much all I had on my list. I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to mention, talk about. Um, those are the biggies that I usually get from our families with questions and that kind of thing. So if there's anything else you wanted to um, chat about, I'm all ears. I think a big thing just to remember is just be consistent with what you're doing. Even in the newborn days where you feel like it may not make a difference or it's not mattering, it really does. If you're just setting up those simple routines and being consistent with them, you will start to see week after week the little changes that are happening. Um, And it's just really important to be consistent with that. And um, you will you will be amazed at what progress you will see over the coming weeks and over the coming months. And one thing that I've really enjoyed the last two years probably is a lot of families have really started to see that I want to start out on the right foot early. And they're actually like calling us before they have the baby or calling us early in the newborn stage of like, I want to get sleep on a good foundation now. Let's educate now. Let's get the foundations early. So we're able to have a baby that doesn't hit all of the hard toughest regressions or doesn't hit all the sleep bumps that are happening because we started early. So I love seeing parents understand, like you were saying, making that to-do list and planning for it even before the baby arrives and knowing you're going to need that help and asking for it early makes such a huge difference. Yeah. One other little last side note, thank you for all of your awesome information is when you're in the thick of this with a newborn it's very overwhelming. It can be very overwhelming. And just remembering this is so true. And it's, it's hard when you're in it, but it passes, it passes, it gets better. You'll get through it. It's, you tough do. At the moment, but you get past it. And then you're like, 
okay, we're past that, but it, you know, all things um, pass at some point. So thank you. And for then you have a 10, six and four year old like me. And you're like, where did the time go? Yeah. And then they're sleeping all night and life's good. So it eventually, <laughs> it eventually ironed itself all out. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I know that a lot of moms will be blessed by what all you have had to say and all your expertise because you are the sleep guru. Oh, if you would like to tell us a little bit about your services you offer, um, if anyone's interested in contacting you, um, just let us know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me on social media um, at Serenity Sleepers on Instagram. I have a private Facebook group. Serenity Sleeper Sleep Squad, both of those places have tons of great resources and information for you. And you're able to reach out to me if you're wanting to chat a little bit further or get one-to-one services, I'm happy to help you. So you can also find that on our website, serenitysleepers.com. And um, I have Bailey on my team as well. And she is a pediatric OT therapist. So she has been a huge part of Serenity Sleepers of just helping families that are going through those developmental milestones. Um, and developmental milestones impact sleep so much. So it's really been great with Bailey on our team, um, just making sure that we are helping you um, and your child wherever you are, whether it's developmental or sleep or both, we're able to work together with you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. I had a great time chatting today and I hope you all got something great out of this and have a great day. Thanks, Kelly. I'll see you later. Bye. everyone. This is Rachel from The Newborn Nurse. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you are learning some valuable and helpful information on this podcast. If you would like to learn even more, we have something new and exciting to tell you about. We have created our Newborn Care 101 online video course for first-time expectant parents or parents who want a refresher course in newborns. This course is taught by me, a neonatal newborn nurse and expert of 18 years and founder of The Newborn Nurse. It's so super important to make sure you are gathering your newborn information from a trusted and experienced source as you prepare for your baby. This course is a series of educational videos where you will learn everything you need to know about newborn care all in one spot without having to search and scroll all over the internet. You can take this course in the comfort of your own home and nursery with your own baby equipment and at your own pace. You can also rewatch the videos as many times as you would like with unlimited access to these videos for an entire year. Many of the families who have already taken this course have reached out to tell me how helpful it is to go back and be able to review these videos once their baby has arrived. In this course, you will learn swaddling, diapering, bathing, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, burping, cord care, how to use your breast pump and car seat, how to prevent mastitis, calm a fussy baby, and much, much more. You also get free printables, including a checklist of what to pack in your hospital bag, a must-haves product list for your baby registry, and the best part, you get free access to our Facebook online community group where you can meet other new moms and also have access to me, Rachel, for any newborn questions you have along your journey. The families who have taken this course already have raved about it and have felt it has been super helpful and allowed them to feel prepared, organized, ready, and knowledgeable about their newborn. For our podcast listeners, you can receive 10% off this course with coupon code, all caps, podcast, at the checkout. The link to purchase this course is in the show notes below. 
Thank you for being here and best wishes to you and your family. I hope you feel loved, supported, and empowered as a new parent. Thanks so much and have a great day. Although I am a nurse, I am not your medical provider and any information from me is purely educational and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult a professional for your particular situation before making any decisions. My opinion about any brands we mentioned on the podcast is based on my personal experience and is not an endorsement about the suitability of any products for your particular need.